This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiq. I'm here to go over another set of matchups for week three. Uh, If you listened to the last episode, that's where the first eight matchups were. In that podcast, we went over the Panthers and Texans, the Cardinals at Jaguars, the Bengals at the Steelers, the Ravens at Lions, the Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills, Saints at Patriots, Chargers and Chiefs, and the Falcons at Giants. The rest of the matchups are going to be on this podcast. We talk about usage from week one and week two and how that carries over into week three. We talk about the matchups in week three, and we talk about which guys you might want to start even though you know their productions over the first two weeks might not have been that great. So we go over the usage as well. So let's get right into it. Uh, well, uh, first of all, a couple things. Deontay Johnson didn't practice on Thursday. Uh, Amari Cooper did practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so I don't think Deontay Johnson is going to play. That's my guess. We'll see what happens on Friday. But it seems like he'll, he'll be out at least for this week. That's my guess based on you know everything that I've seen. Um, Mario Cooper, my guess is that he does play on Monday night because of the limited practices early, earlier in the week. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend coming up. But let's get right into the matchups. Colts at Titans. Um, there's no word on whether Carson Wentz will play, but, but then the word is also that they're preparing to play without him. So it does suck uh, because this would, would have been a game. Uh, where I would have had a lot of exposure to. Uh, I think not having one of those teams, these teams competitive affects the entire shootout scenario, the overall fantasy potential for this game, uh, especially in the passing game. It was also a great spot for the Colts wide receivers because the Titans have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, Michael Pittman has a great matchup. Um, the Titans have given up the, mo- the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, Actually, they've, begin, they've actually given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers coming into this game. Uh, Zach Pascal also has a great matchup. The Titans have given up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers where he lines up primarily. Uh, and now without Wentz, you have to downgrade these guys, right? I, I'd say Pittman is an upside flex. Pascal is a desperate flex who happens to have a good matchup. Uh, you're starting Jonathan Taylor as an RB2 uh, Marlon Mack made an appearance into this rotation last week. 24% of the rushing attempts for Marlon Mack. Why? Because Frank Wright. That's why. Naheem Hines is a desperate PPR option in your flex. Um, if the Colts are down this game, it's possible that he gets peppered in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jack Doyle's route participation went up to 84% this week, which is a really good number for a tight end. Uh, but I personally would wait another week to see if that sticks. That's not what it, that's not what the case was in week one. 
Um, you know, especially with that Carson Wentz, I, I don't know if I want to stick him in my lineup. But listen, I guess if you're desperate at the tight end position, he's one of the better streamers that you might find on the waiver wire. Um, on the Titan side, AJ Brown is such a nice buy low right now. He's leading the team in targets, routes, target share, A dot, air yards. He's had some drops, so it's a good time to buy before Sunday. Um, now, if, if Xavier Rhodes is back this week, uh, he's mostly going to be on Julio Jones' side. AJ Brown's, uh, AJ Brown's prim- primary side is the right side, uh, and that's where Rock Yassin is. Uh, that, that's, his, that's his side there. So um, the Colts have given up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers on that particular side, uh, so AJ Brown does have the better matchup. Uh, overall, uh, you know, this defense has given up the six most fantasy points, and this could be a blow-up spot for AJ. So I would look to acquire him uh, at a lower price than you would normally pay. Uh, you're obviously obviously starting Derrick Henry. Brian Tannehill, low-end, borderline QB1 play this week. You know, especially with all the streamers having good matchups this week. A couple of quarterbacks making their way into the top 12. Uh, you know, like Kirk Cousins and like... You listen, Daniel Jones maybe right. Oh, good. Yeah, that's that's a that's a potential disaster there. But you know who knows? He he might do his thing. Um, you know, and then you have Justin Fields as well. So yeah, moving on to the the Bears and the Browns. The Browns are favored by seven and a half points, forty six and a half total. Um, I'd start Justin Fields as a low end quarterback one in this one. Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, he has good weapons. Uh, he, he got those design runs when he was in last week, so that was awesome to see. And on top of that, he scrambles too, right? So, you know, he's going to have a, a floor, and he obviously has a ceiling because of the talent, because of the weapons. Allen Robinson is in your lineup this week. I know the production hasn't been there, but more upside with Fields, and he'll get there. Like, he, he always does. He's actually, you know, been running like 50% of his routes from the slot this year and then splitting between the left and the right perimeter with the rest. So Darnell Mooney, uh, if you look at his uh, route tree or, or route placement, um, you know before the snap, he is a flex play uh, this week uh, with Fields behind center. Um, he does a, a very similar thing to Allen Robinson in terms of moving around, but uh, he saw thirty six percent of targets in week two. Uh, it seems like that coaching staff has big plans for for Mooney this year. You know these two both have pretty good matchups. The Browns have been vulnerable to the slot and the left side, and that's where each of these guys run about 75% of their of their routes total. Um, and the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on the left perimeter and the third most uh, fantasy points allowed to slot wide receivers, uh, you know, from the Bears side. So from the Browns side, I'm sorry. So this is looking like a pretty good matchup for these wide receivers. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty good spot for Justin Fields to be in as well when his, you know, number one and number two weapon both have good matchups. Okay. Uh, David Montgomery, high-end RB2 based on his increase in snaps in week two. He was at 80% in week two, which is amazing. Uh, He was in for a bunch of third and longs, which is a boost to his value if he continues in that role. He's pretty much a start every single week if that continues. Um, This is a bit of a tough matchup, but he'll still be in my lineup. Uh, Cole Komet, his usage in terms of routes went down, so he's off of my team. If I have him, I'm dropping him. Uh, Baker's not a start uh, on the other side. Nick Chubb isn't getting a ton of volume right through two weeks, but the touchdowns are saving him. It seems like he scores in every game he's healthy for right over the past like year. Uh, but you know, almost six yards per carry in week one, more than eight yards per carry in week two. Tougher matchup this week than he had against the Texans and the Chiefs. 
Uh, Chubb's routes did go up, which is nice. Uh, hopefully that stays up. That would be very welcome for his usage. Kareem Hunt, you know, he's not getting enough work. The targets, are, you know, and carries both need to come up. He vultures the touchdown here and there, but he's not dependable. So uh, he's a flex option at, at best right now. Jarvis Landry's out. OBJ is a game time call. It, it seems as though like he is going to play this week, though. Uh, if he does play, he's a wide receiver three start for me. I, I do believe he'll be at one hundred percent. Like he'll get a higher target share. You know, um, the Bears also have also given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers so far. So listen, as long as as long as the Browns can protect Baker, uh, I think that OBJ can do a lot against this Bears secondary. And, and I've heard that he might be on a pitch count or whatever, but. Listen, the Browns don't have much, don't have anyone dependable to put in at wide receiver. So I, I think that OBJ is going to do his thing. Austin Hooper, by the way, I, I would consider OBJ a little bit of a buy low right now. Um, Austin Hooper is a desperate tight end streamer. He saw 24% of, of targets last, last week. Uh, he might be all they got, <laughs> especially if OBJ is out. But if he plays still, like I think Hooper will be uh, targeted at a pretty high rate. Dolphins at the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are favored by four points, uh, 45 and a half over under. Tua is out. Jacoby Brissett is going to play and be the guy. I, I don't trust him to get it done for my wide receivers, uh, but he did target Devontae Parker nine times for his 23% target share. Uh, Fuller might be back this week, so that you know, take that into consideration when you when you, if you're playing any of these guys uh, on the Dolphins uh, in the in the receiving game. Fuller hasn't got a lot of practice time with the team this summer, so, you know, he might be slowly integrated. You know, I'd say Parker is like a low-end wide receiver three play, borderline wide receiver three play this week. Um, Fuller's on my bench. Waddle is likely on my bench as well. Uh, his route participation did go down in week two, and now, and now he might even have to share more with Fuller potentially cutting into his playing time. So, um, I, if you look at the matchup overall for these wide receivers, is relatively neutral. Uh, Miles Gaskin has a floor. In PPR leagues, but it's not that high. Uh, he has a 15% target share for the season. Not bad. Salvin Ahmed uh, involved. Uh, he's sharing the, the rushing work with Gaskin um, about 50-50. So Gaskin is a PPR flex play at best right now. Uh, if you look at the other side of the ball, Derek Carr is a streamer this week. He basically threw for 400 yards each of the last two games. So, you know, I, I usually don't stream Derek Carr, and I won't. But, but you can if you need to. Um, Darren Waller is in Brian Edwards got a boost in route participation uh, but he, he only has 9% of target share over the last two games so not great hopefully the targets can come up um, he should remain on the bench for now especially in this matchup uh, Henry Ruggs is a flyer for some upside and Hunter Renfro is a PPR flex option if you're desperate uh, in a deep league Josh Jacobs practicing in a red non-contact jersey on Thursday. He might play. We'll see. Uh, if he doesn't go, Peyton Barber is going to be the main ball car carrier with Drake getting more snaps, getting more opportunity in the pass game as a result. Uh, Drake is the preferred start regardless, and he would be a low-end RB2, especially in PPR leagues, if Jacobs doesn't go. Uh, if Jacobs does go and doesn't practice in full on Friday, I don't trust him. <laughs> if he gets a full practice on Friday, then I'd play him as like a touchdown-dependent RB2. Um, and, you know, Drake still as a PPR flex play. All right, moving on to the Jets at Broncos. A very low-scoring game here. It, the, the implied total is 41 points. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the Vegas total is 41 points. Broncos favored by 11. So Broncos defense is a good play here um, at home. Corey Davis, you know, going up against Patrick Sertan. Him and the Broncos have limited wide receivers on that left side pretty well. He plays on the right side enough, 
you know, uh, Corey Davis does, where I still start Davis as a wide receiver three. I think Elijah Moore has a chance as a desperate flex option in this matchup against Kyle Fuller on the right side. That's kind of been the the vulnerable spot for this defense in terms of um, the passing game. But, I, you know, both him and Davis play an equal number of snaps on that side. So we'll see what the Jets do here. But, you know, it's not a terribly bad matchup. Sterling Shepard had a great game against them with Galladay and Slayton getting theirs in. And then Marvin Jones also had a decent game against them last week. So, you know, this isn't a terrible matchup for them. It's really all about protecting Zach Wilson. Uh, Michael Carter, he's a hold. Ty Johnson is a potential stash as well. Let's see if either of these guys get a jump in snaps this week. One of these guys needs to play like 65% of snaps you know, um, or, you know, become the clear guy in the passing game for them to be viable on a bad offense. But right now, Carter took a big jump in week two in terms of usage um, in the, both the rush game and the receiving game. So uh, he's somebody that I'd stash and hope that his usage increases even more uh, in week three. Teddy Bridgewater is a streamer. Uh, Cortland Sutton in, is in as a wide receiver too after his big game last week. Was clearly Teddy's guy with Jerry Judy out. So, you know, good matchup, but keep in mind that the Jets have been doing a pretty good job against wide receivers so far through two games uh, under Robert Sala, uh, especially on the perimeter. So Tim Patrick also plays on the perimeter. He's a PPR flex option. Uh, Noah Fanth, solid tight end one, especially in PPR leagues. Um, I think both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams can do their thing in this game, but to start either is a tough proposition. They, they, they hold each other back, you know. Uh, they, they're both flex options. They do have some upside. Um, uh, by the way, Gordon is the one preferred in in the pass game. His route participation participation went up from week one to week two, while Javante's went down. Um, but in, as far as as far as the run game goes, they're both getting about equal work. Um, so yeah, I think the best play of this game is the Broncos defense. All right, moving on to the Bucks at Rams. The opposite, really, fifty four and a half total. Uh, Rams are favored by one point, so it's looking like a close game here. Uh, Antonio Brown might not play in this game after being tested positive for COVID. Most likely can't play this week unless it was a false positive. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has actually been playing in the nickel a lot more as a hybrid type of player this year. More than 50% of his snaps have been there. That, that basically means that he's, guard, he's defending the slot most of the time. He's also in there for run support. Um, so that could affect Chris Godwin more than Mike Evans. Um, Evans has a tough matchup as well on the outside. The Rams have given up the fifth least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers on their left side where he lines up the most. Uh, the right side of the of the offense on the perimeter is where the vulnerability is for the Rams through two weeks, and that's Darius Williams' side. So I would probably rank Evans as a borderline wide receiver two right next to Godwin. Um, Tom Brady, though, is a start this week despite the tough matchup. He, he's he's balling. Uh, he also has Gronk, too, who's still a start, scored four touchdowns in two games. Uh, you know, I don't expect that to continue at that pace, obviously, but he is favored in the end zone. Uh, his, route, his route percentage did come down a bit in week two, but it's not, you know, in the zone where he's completely unpredictable. I'd probably stay away from this backfield, though. Um, it's uh, If I'm starting anyone, it's probably Fournette as, like, a desperate flex. Um, on the other side of the ball, Matt Stafford, decent start this week, especially with their running backs banged up, number one. And number two, the fact that, you know, I can't see them, like, banging against this Bucks front seven. Um, I do see more passing attempts in a high-scoring game. So, you know, Cooper Cup, you know, he's been balling. He's obviously in your lineup. Robert Woods got back to his full route participation in week two, uh, got nine targets as a result. He's a solid wide receiver, too, this week. You know, after the Rams have given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the first two weeks of the season. 
Uh, a, lot, a lot of that obviously has to do with the Cowboys uh, and what they did against them, but they are vulnerable compared to the front seven. Tyler Higby's route precipitation is near the top of the position, so he's in as a solid tight end one despite the lack of targets last week. I don't think that continues this week. I think he gets a workload similar to what he got in week one. Uh, the Bucks have given up the fourth most receptions and receiving yards to the position, and there was only one incompletion thrown to, thrown to tight ends against the, this team so far through two weeks. As far as these running backs go, like I'd start Sony Michelle regardless like as a flex option this week over Henderson, whether he plays or not. I don't think Henderson will be a full go if he does play. And if he doesn't play, Michelle, I think we'll get enough in the receiving game uh, to be all right and produce as like a flex option in PPR leagues. Seahawks at Vikings, um, 55 point total, another close game here. You're starting Russ, starting Tyler Lockett, you're starting DK Metcalf as borderline wide receiver ones. Uh, the Vikings have given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, DK Metcalf does have the tougher matchup. He's likely to see Patrick Peterson on more than 50% of his routes. Peterson was part of the reason DeAndre Hopkins' production was limited last week, part of the reason at least. Um, you know, Lockett runs 85% of his routes from the right side and the slot combined, and the Vikings have given up the second and sixth most fantasy points to those positions respectively over the last two weeks. So we could see another boom week from, uh, from Tyler Lockett. Chris Carson. Solid RB2. His role was reduced last week. Uh, his route participation dropped from 66% to 45%, and Travis Homer's increased. So, and he was there. Homer was their third down back, their third and long back in week two, which sucks for Carson. But solid matchup. The hope is that Carson can get more opportunity uh, in both the run game and the pass game. Uh, by the way, Gerald Everett, you know, starting to lead in routes in week two. Uh, by a bigger margin, so it's possible he becomes pretty usable at some point in the near future. Um, on the other side of the ball, Dalvin Cook didn't practice on Thursday because of that ankle injury, but it seems like Mike Zimmer is adamant on him playing this week. Uh, if he doesn't go, Alexander Madison will be the guy to start in his place as a high in RB2. The Seahawks got wrecked by Derrick Henry last week. They're probably still physically <laughs> physically hurting from that beating. Um, Seattle's been pretty good against wide receivers, but the one spot they've been a bit vulnerable is where Justin Jefferson runs most of his routes from on that left side. So, you know, he's in either way. But Adam Thielen, uh, I, I, you know, put him in my lineup as a wide receiver too. Uh, he's been targeted over the past two weeks. KJ Osborne, decent start in what could be a shootout. 55-point total in this game. So if you're going to start him or have him in your, in your, in your lineup, or, you know, on your bench, like, you might as well start him this week, you know, if you're kind of on the fence after two very productive games, you know, in this type of game. Kirk Cousins, again, like, one of the best streamers this week, he might just end, be, just end up as your quarterback one, uh, if you've been streaming quarterbacks, you know, moving forward. Uh, Packers at 49ers, the Packers are favored by four points, 47 and a half total. Aaron Rodgers, He's in as a quarterback one. He bounced back in a big way last week. Devontae Adams in regardless of matchup. As we talked about potentially happening over the offseason, Aaron Jones' usage has increased with the departure of Jamal Williams. It's not A.J. Dillon getting those looks and snaps. Um, he's only gotten, gotten on the field, uh, you know, uh, the way that he's been getting on the field because of the score differentials in week one and then in week two. Uh, but when the games have been close, it's been all Aaron Jones in all situations, and it's awesome. So he's finally a top five running back in terms of usage. Before, you know, he was a top five producing running back that didn't get the usage. But he's a start every week. The 49ers have allowed the third most fantasy points to running back so far. He's obviously in. Uh, but great sign for Aaron Jones moving forward. Robert Tunyon, 
Uh, only three targets this week, but again, efficiency with him. He caught all three, uh, you know, for 52 yards and a touchdown. Low end tight end one, uh, but can have like that middling tight end tight end one production because of the efficiency. Uh, the matchup here is fine. <laughs> the 49ers backfield. Let's see. Like so, Elijah Mitchell has a shoulder injury. He didn't practice on Thursday. Trey Sermon might get cleared from the concussion protocol. So this can be a situation where Sermon is the guy on Sunday night. If Mitchell can't go, you know, Sermon, I think he's an RB2, right? I have a feeling that Kyle is going to mess with everyone and call Mitchell a game-time decision. Uh, you know, and they play on Sunday night, so it's going to be super hard, you know, for us. So, like, he, he Kyle Shanahan hates fantasy, so I think he's going to stick it to us on purpose. But we'll see if Sermon gets cleared from the concussion protocol. If both of these guys play and Mitchell gets a full practice in, I play Mitchell. Mitchell was the clear guy in week two with Sermon not getting a snap until the fourth quarter. Uh, and then he got concussed on the one play that he was in for on the fourth quarter when he got a touch. So I, I know this is all confusing, but I'm trying to cut through it. Hopefully that helped. Uh, Debo Samuel, solid wide receiver two right now, or at least until Brandon Ayuk comes to life. Uh, Ayuk needs more routes. He needs more snaps. And it did not jump by a ton in week two. So he's still a bench stash for me. Uh, Kittle's back. He ran around on 88% of routes, but he didn't get targeted a ton. It's going to come. Don't worry. Uh, the Packers have given up the third most fantasy points to tight ends over the first two weeks, so it can come this week. Eagles and Cowboys uh, on Monday night. Uh, the Cowboys are favored by four, 51, 51 point total here. Jalen Hurts is in. He's had a, he, he had a rough time through the air last week against the 49ers, but because of the rushing, he was still a quarterback one. Right, so that's why we target these kind of guys. Much better matchup this week, a high-scoring game. Um, so yeah, he's in. Devontae Smith will likely be shadowed by uh, Darius Slay. Uh, Jalen Rager might get shadow treatment from Anthony Brown. Uh, Diggs has been playing well, you know, but Brown has not. So Smith can still overcome, especially based on his usage with 26% of target share going into Week Three. Um, Rager, 21% target share. I'd rank Devontae as like a high-end wide receiver three and Rager as like a solid flex option. Rager did have a touchdown call back last week because he stepped out of bounds. Uh, but in a high-scoring game that figures to be close, I can see myself putting Rager in to get some exposure uh, in a decent wide receiver cornerback matchup. Uh, this backfield, Miles Sanders is going, to, going up against a Cowboys front seven that's missing a lot of their pieces this week so i can see him having a big game this week despite you know some of his offensive line missing as well but i think this week he's a solid rb2 there is a chance that zach Ertz doesn't play this week because of the fact that he's on the covid list and if he doesn't go uh dallas goddard is a great play against the cowboys defense that has given up the six most fantasy points to the tight end position on the cowboys side i think amari will play as i mentioned um this is an overall tough matchup for the cowboys wide receivers uh, but they're both good enough to overcome. The good thing for CeeDee Lamb is that he gets the better of the matchups. Um, you know, most of his routes against Steven Nelson compared to Darius Slay, who's been uh, playing very well so far. So I'd probably rank CD as a low and wide receiver one and Cooper as a wide receiver two uh, with him also banged up, you know, in a tougher matchup. I still think that Dak is a solid quarterback one play. Uh, they went super run heavy with the running backs last week. Um, so that's part of the reason why Dak didn't do his thing. But um, I think he bounces back this week uh, with a high total um, at home. Uh, I play Zeke as an RB1 this week. He still played on 73% of snaps. He still ran around on 84% of Dak's dropbacks. That's still great usage. Um, he needs more targets, you know, and he'd be Gucci. Tony Pollard can be, uh, you know, in every week flex, but... 
I think we still have to see, you know, if what they did last week was based on the fact that the Chargers are better against the pass than they are against the run. You know, and that proved to be the case, right? The Cowboys adjusted to the Bucks in week one. They adjusted to the Chargers in week two. And I'd only start Pollard if you're desperate uh, at the flex position. That's it. That's eight games. I'm trying to I'm trying to make it quick for you guys. I know you guys are busy. So let me know what you guys think of this format. This episode, yesterday's episode, quick. Uh, through eight games each. Let me know what you guys think of it. Uh, let me let me know if you guys prefer uh, the quick episodes or the longer episodes that have some further discussions. Uh, you know, the, the solo pod that I've been doing over the past two episodes or the longer episodes. Please let me know. Uh, hit me up. Comment on the post. Um, I want to know what you guys think. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Have a great week and enjoy the games tonight. Uh, I hope this helped. I'll see you guys later. Uh, by the way, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram, so check me out there. I'll see you guys soon. Later.